Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest of Welcome back, oils and ghouls, ladies and germs, to that greatest show on earth. Once again, it is Wednesday, it's hump day, and we are back to get you through the midday blues. It is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you back to this all-new episode, the precursor to my very own birthday, which is happening next week. So I decided to pick something of a classic of the Italian genre, Zombie, from 1979, directed by Lucio. Never meant I, he didn't like Fulci. So very excited to talk about that movie later on tonight. But as always, I'm joined by the bold, the beautiful, the Gorgie Keith. Hello, everybody. What is going on? Hello, indeed, my friend. How have you been since we last spoke? Oh, I've been wonderful, sir. Wonderful. I've gone back to work, which is fantastical. Nothing better than getting paid to do work instead of getting paid to do nothing but play video games. That's so fabulous. I'm so happy for you, Gould. So happy. You make me want to dance. Oh, thank you. Yes. I will do because it's so wonderful. (laughs) But yes, uh, you know, it is. It is. I am. And yes, I am working. But but aside from that, who else do we have on the air with us tonight? Well, I do believe we also have Mad Monkey. It looks like he's thrown his last tapioca cup at me, so that means he's ready to go. Monkey. Hey there, Frank fans. I'm your furry little monkey. Monkey, monkey. Our yet the mad monkey, broadcasting to you live from the Drunken Monkey Rehabilitation Clinic. But enough of that bullshit. Where's the demonic Dr. Dave this week? He's got furry balls. Here. I'm here. <laughs> the hey, doctor is hello, us. doctor. <laughs> How are you today? <laughs> I'm good. Good. As always, you are such a ball of energy. <laughs> Calm down. We only just started. I need you to open the bay doors, Dave. Hello? <laughs> open hello? the pod bay doors. Hello? <laughs> yes, hello. Hello. And welcome to the show. Hello? Is okay, it me, you hear me you're looking for? <laughs> I can see it in your eyes, Doc. I, I can't tell it. Can you hear me? I think the monkey yes, can, can see it in your smile. <laughs> Dave, we can hear you. Okay. I always thought that was a mean. I always thought that was a mean song. Anyway, hello, is it me you're looking for? The bitch is blind. She's looking for everybody. But she makes one hell of a sculpture. Why not let you face? So she knows. The bitch is blind. I thought the bitch is back. Hold on, it's a different song. <laughs> Elton John striking back. <laughs> I always love that sculpture. <laughs> Thank you for bringing the humor day. Always appreciate <laughs> So how have you been, Doc? Oh, I'm just wonderful. Um, we're all, I know well, 42 pounds. 
315 feet. I know everyone is very, very excited for yet another episode of the Talking Terror program. As always, just waiting for another monkey shout-out. Nope. Oh, none this week. None this week. Okay. Maybe next week there'll be another monkey shout-out. But, I, w- but I, would, I would honestly like to take a moment to thank the ghoul for bringing his chickens again this week, but also to wish the king an early happy birthday. But they're being quiet. They're totally being quiet. I'm not hearing them. Are you hearing them? I'm no. sitting in the room with them, and they're not even making noise. I chickens are here, the but they're being up. quiet right now. They are no longer chicks anymore. These things are fucking gigantic. That's what I can say. They are huge. They got bigger in like a two-day period. It's not even funny. Poor thing. They're still living in a tank. (laughs) Chicken coops coming this week. Somebody's got to put it together. Back up that coop. (laughs) Devo chicken coop. (laughs) We got your chicken. But no, thank you, Monkey, for the birthday wishes. I'm, I'm very happy about that. I uh, wanted to do it earlier oh. with this movie pick. So appreciate it, Monkey. Happy, happy, happy birthday. I have a perfect thing to oh, go with your birthday. You know, as per every now and again, I have one of my wonderful lists that give us, you know, take your name, take your letters, and all that dumb shit that they do. So well, this okay. one, for, for the king's birthday, is what a fucking way to go. So you Ooh. use the first initial to find out what happened to you, followed by the last initial to find out who did it. So shall we find out what exactly happened here? I yeah, think we're ready for this. We need to go in. Now, who wants to go first? <clears throat> I'll go first. King, it's your All birthday. All right, King. Well, it, it is your birthday. So, King, you have been fisted by. Are you Whoa. ready? <laughs> you have been fisted by Gary Glitter. Gary Glitter, no. Gary Glitter forever, Gary Glitter. Well, he was in jail for that. So Uh, it 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 does happen. Yeah, rock and roll. Hey. Yeah. Okay, monkey. We're gonna wait for the doctor. (laughs) Oh. Okay, the doctor has been teabagged by none other than Theresa May. God save the queen. Brexit all up in your ass. I'm so excited and I just can't hide it. Are you about to lose control? I think you fucking like it. I'm so excited. My my lovely ass has been cock slapped by none other than Mr. Blobby. Everyone you don't even know what the fuck a Mr. Blobby is. What is Mr. Blobby? Mr. Blobby? Mr. Blobby. Uh no clue. Uh, it's, is it an English uh, thing? Uh, <laughs> yes, it is. It, it is a uh, weird ass fictional character from um, a Saturday Night BBC, BBC television show called Noel's House Party. Oh, that's Noelle's what it sounds House like. Party. Oh, yeah, Noel. <laughs> my, 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 my Noel. Guns and Roses on that one. So finally, finally, Mr. Monkey, you, my friend, have been comforted on. Yes, you have been comforted on by none other than our wonderful president, Mr. Donald Trump. Oh, 
So you have proceeded to slam your wee-wee in his butthole. You filled his butthole up with your monkey jizz, and then you proceeded to fart it back all over your face. How does that make you feel? Oh, the monkey is very is a very risque young uh, man. I, I, That's I, an he is. He is. Uh, I, I've never been behind the wall, but I really want one now. <laughs> It's going to be the greatest cum fart ever. We're making monkey great again. I feel like I feel like a Russian monkey sticky again. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. That's one of the tapes that the Russians have. Monkey getting cum farted on by Donald Trump. Mm. Oh, it's on my face. So that, it was the greatest cum fart ever. Everybody. <laughs> I think the monkey had the best one. I think he had the best one out of all of us. But I don't even know if Gary Glitter's still alive. But hey, listen, if he is, thank you, Gary. That guy's, a, that guy's a that guy's a pedophile. He's in jail. Oh yeah, no, I pointed that out. He's very much in jail, so it's appropriate that he assisted me. I just wasn't underage when he did it. Was a right <laughs> yes, you were. Don't lie. <laughs> Happy birthday, yeah, kid. <laughs> Thank you. There we so go. <laughs> yeah. Getting that fist. Enjoy that fist. Now Jock Jams <laughs> takes a whole new meaning. <laughs> Does that add like a new term to shock jock? Yeah, that is. Now, now it just got rock jock by Gary Glitter. <laughs> Cock jock. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just, he just went fist deep. Just all the way up. Well, I guess in that case it's a jock cock. Yeah. That is <laughs> rock and roll. Hey, hey! Oh no, that song's gonna haunt my nightmares. Mm-hmm. Not the fist, not all the way up. So believe it or not, this show actually does things with like horror films and stuff like that. So do we have anything like any horror news going on? I don't know, Doc. What do we have? We have some items that were in the news. Uh, some items. Uh, they're really good items. They're the best. They're the best Over the wire. So you are Dave. Jordan Peele, the. Suspense mastermind of our time uh, (laughs) with his CBS All Access monster runaway hit Twilight Zone show, uh, which, according to CBS with no numbers, is off to an amazing start. The most Mm -hmm. viewers ever for an original series. Uh, The Twilight Zone show has been renewed for a second season. Wow. Congratulations, Mr. Peel. <laughs> so what? They're like, okay, so the series is out and they're already saying that they have phenomenal numbers that they're not releasing to the public. But <laughs> we now have a second season. Is it is it still going to be Peel hosting? As far as I know, uh, you know, I don't know how many episodes thus far have aired for this first season, but I know several have aired already. Uh, they claim it's doing wonderful, and you know what? They they ponied up for a second season. So in this day and age, I imagine you're not giving a second season of shit if it ain't bringing something in return. 
Wow, I mm. guess people are getting involved. I mean, that's, I mean, but I, I just I think they should release some numbers. Well, let's get a glimpse. This, this well, I mean, you get, the same thing. you get the same thing with Netflix, though. All of yeah, the, the streaming, streaming sites, don't they all give you crap with that. Yeah, like, <laughs> our show is the most streamed show in the history of the universe, but we're not <laughs> going to give you any numbers to prove it. <laughs> well, I, was to get. Yeah. I was a genius. I was a genius. Only thing college, I would give, but you the can't see my give. grades. Well, that's I like every customer I go to. They're all a, they're all fucking engineers. <laughs> no taxes. I love her. No viewership numbers. <laughs> I just I have yet to even meet somebody that has CBS All Access. So <laughs> maybe there's yeah. a grandfather out there who has it. There's a lot of people that have Netflix. Yeah. You know, I know a lot of people that have Amazon Prime and stuff yeah. like that. But you know, I, I I've not heard anyone say, "Hey, I got CBS Access," and you know what? That new Twilight Zone show is off the hook. <laughs> Uh, not one person. Yeah, not, not one. one. Yeah, because yeah, because me myself, I belong to several other horror groups on Facebook, and yeah, just like the ghoul said, I've not seen anybody post a single thing go, saying, "Dude, I just totally checked out Twilight Zone." You know, it's fucking banging. You guys should check this out. No, hey, no, not monkey, a you, not a single post in your in your horror groups, monkey. Can you uh, pose that as a question? Uh, on behalf of Talking Terror, if anyone subscribes to see that, oh. I, actually, I will do that. I will uh, do it on our Talking Terror page, and then I will share it to the horror groups, and let's see if we can get a hit back by next week. That would we'll be get one. that would be some really, really intensive market research. Me, me, <laughs> I'll tell you no. We'll get a CBS executive going. I love this show. Greatest show ever on CBS All Access. <laughs> subscribe. Here's, Here's a link to CBS. Subscribe. No. That is fake news. <laughs> I don't work for CBS, not at all. But your profile says that you do. Ignore that. <laughs> but you made you just made it Facebook official. <laughs> well, well, I, well, that's just fake news. Never happened. <laughs> Nothing's official until I say so. Right, Jordan? Hell yeah. <laughs> Checks or it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, take a picture of yourself watching Twilight Zone with CBS All Access. <laughs> like, no, but it's got to be like episode three, okay? Yeah. I think episode one is available for free on, like, YouTube or something. Yeah, yeah show me Greg uh, Kinnear, because he's in, like, episode three. If I see a screenshot of that, I'll know that you watch it. <laughs> Oh, well, well, season two, they got to have strong numbers. Okay, but uh, moving on, Doc, what else do you have? While one show finds life, another one finds death. After three seasons, (laughs) after three seasons, after three seasons, Netflix has announced uh, that the recent third season will be the final season for the Santa Clarita Diet. Uh, they have. Oh, that's official, huh? As that's official announcement. Uh, the cast and crew are heartbroken. Uh, the creator Victor Fresco uh, uh, was had an inkling of an idea that season three might have been a wrap. He said that he originally intended a, a three season story arc, uh, but he didn't know if season three was going to be the season finale or the series finale. Um, and Santa Clarita Diet will not be returning. 
as I've stated here before on the show, I was a, a big fan of the first two seasons. I thought they were just like super fun and entertaining. And I have not yet had a chance to watch the third season, but uh, it's high up there on my list, which means if I go by my list historically, I'll see season three sometime by the year 2023. Well, then I won't spoil it for you because I watched it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for not spoiling it. Yeah. So in 2023, just ask me, like, how did that end? Yes. Not good. You know not good, I, uh... I can say that I know that the ghoul girl has been watching the show and, uh, well, she watched the first two seasons anyway. And, you know, she said that, I guess this latest season wasn't doing it for her either. So nope. she, she kind of yeah, felt like the show might've hit a bit of a lull and, uh, she, she was figuring that it was probably done after, after this point. But, you know, three seasons is pretty good. I mean, it's not like they lasted one and they were done. I mean, three seasons is nothing to balk at. You know, so no. I think well, why not? You know, yeah. three is good. I mean, you could tell your story in three seasons and be done. You don't need to have ten. <laughs> you know, <laughs> do it three. Carnival, then you get then you get cut off at the end of two. Yeah, poor Carnival or Johnson Cincinnati, another one we talked about in the show. <laughs> God, yeah. I mean, come on, man. That show we we've yeah. said that so many times. That show never had a chance, man. That's like, like I said, that'll be whatever show follows up after uh, Game of Thrones, man. Like I just, I, I feel bad because that show, seriously, that this last season has been absolutely phenomenal. Um, the first two episodes were very much a build-up to, to what occurred in the third. And yes, yes, you can. I, I have not, I have not watched Game of Thrones. Uh, the only thing I've done was I've went onto YouTube. And I've watched a segment called The Red Wedding because apparently that's what you're supposed to do. Um, mm. And based on all of the hoopla that I've heard about The Red Wedding since it happened, I was kind of expecting a way more like blood-filled, violent experience uh, than it actually With no was. context, there's no reason yeah. to watch it. Right. Well, yeah, that's you... neither here nor there. But my question, I heard a lot of uh, chatter about this most recent episode of Game of Thrones in that the images, that maybe they went a little bit too dark. I heard that it was hard to make out some things. I heard that you couldn't tell some characters from another or what exactly was going on. And uh, I was kind of surprised to hear uh, that kind of talk from something that's supposedly such a wonderfully expertly crafted show. I think that HBO or, you know, the the runners, whoever the hell was doing this, they uh, they did not anticipate either the amount of people that would be tuning in or, yes, it had every – I don't see how they watched – how they could have had this episode in the can, watched it, and not see the same problem that I know I found with it. Um, I had a feeling that from – the images that I was seeing that it had one thing to do with the darkness. It was, it was a very dark episode. It was specifically filmed that way. I think to give you the impending to kind of give you a better idea of what they were supposed to kind of be dealing with because of the darkness and what they were fighting and whatnot. But I did also find that because of that darkness and on top of that, a bit of, I mean, I have a hundred megabyte speed fucking internet. You know what I mean? My shit ain't slow at all. And my shit in my bedroom is hard. It's hardwired. So I've got my full access to it. It's not like I'm running it off of a Wi-Fi or an extender or anything like that. Um, 
it was blurring while I was watching it, and I have a feeling that that had one to do with the the darkness involved with it, but two, I don't think that these these services were ready to handle the traffic of people watching. Um, there was a specific. Do you really of think that, that could have had a had a had a? You really think that could have? I had was a watching it. I was watching it through Hulu. And that, I think, is the big question. How many people were watching it through streaming services like Prime now and stuff like that because so many people have left cable and have moved on to those kind of things? You know, you're now dependent. It could easily have had an impact on it. Had an impact on the image? I've never heard of such a thing. You've never watched the Netflix show and had your image drop, like your image integrity drop a little bit where it gets blurry for a couple of minutes? Uh, Well, hell, man. I feel like TV, I, I, I feel like not a not a ton. I, I just I I never had that happen though when watching uh like live streaming television. I mean, more people watch the fucking Super Bowl than Game of Thrones, and no shit happened to my streaming TV. You, you've never had that while watching a hockey game or an oh, yeah, NFL course, game, where, like, you, you, where you're in HD, and then all of a sudden it drops down to regular, and you're like, "What the fuck?" Not that it's <laughs> regular resolution. I don't yeah, think I've yeah. had anything ever go from HD to standard definition on one channel. Uh, I don't, but I don't know. You if could barely that... keep an inter. I don't wait. What kind of cable did you have though? Because you could barely keep an internet signal at your last house that kept you on the air, man. <laughs> let alone, so I'd love to know how I was able to keep your fucking high def signal. Wait, wait, we because it was uh, we were run. Our TV was a was a different thing than the internet. Okay, so house. how were you running the te- – okay, so then you weren't streaming through the internet. How was your TV so operating? Was uh, Our TV was uh, DISH. Okay, so again, that's a different style of signal. So you're not talking about running it through your internet or running it through a streaming service. You know what yeah, I mean? Because you're pulling my, it through a satellite been, dish. But I've been in my new house for a year. Okay, and you've so, never had you've never had your uh-huh. integrity drop. I mean, I can't think of a particular instance. Sometimes when I press play on a Netflix show, the first five seconds are a little fuzzy, and then it pops into clarity. But like, I don't. I just. I just. I have never. When I read about stuff going on with TVs and cable and streaming and all this, I've never heard of uh, something being affected by the amount of people watching it. Okay. I think we should just drop it. (laughs) Why? This is important conversation that's happening right now. Yeah, about how you have about how you have a magic TV that never loses signal. So (laughs) the magic box. (laughs) But my TVs have neither here nor there. My point that I was just trying to make was that I've never heard of that being a result of too many people trying to watch something. That's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. I could believe it. I could. With the amount of people that watch that show on different services, I could see a drop. But also, I heard that they purposely filmed it dark, like the, the ghoul had said. It wasn't meant to be yeah. bright so you could see everything. They, they purposely did that for a reason. So it it was sense. annoying. Yeah. It was annoying because, yeah. again, by the end yeah. of the episode, you cut. And maybe if, if that is what they want, you don't know who's still alive, this and that. But you know what, man? We're in the final season. We're all attached to certain characters. We want to see these things happen. If somebody's dying and it's an important character, we want to see that death. You know, so like, 
Yeah, there's a specific thing that I want to talk about that I can't talk about. So I won't talk about, but that did it very well, if I was to say. You know, um... Well, well, that's because this is the end game for Game of Thrones. You know, and you've written this out this far. So, you know, you've written it out this far. You've been this invested with all the characters. And, yeah, I get what you're saying, man. If someone's going to die, you want to know who, because you've followed their story this far. Yeah, and again, you're talking about a show in which anyone can die at any given time. So the yeah. people that have made it this Anybody. far, you know, you got to give them fucking props, man, because these motherfuckers <laughs> have survived some shit, and they are still going through it. <laughs> but regardless of that, right. yes, besides the fidelity, besides that early portion of the episode, once the episode hit the, hit its midpoint, and it was like, a, I don't know, maybe the first 20 minutes or so were really bad, but then after that... Everything kind of got brighter because the dragons started blowing fucking fire everywhere, and, and that is what they should have probably let off with. But I'm not a multi-million dollar showrunner. And only six <laughs> episodes, too. That's kind of impressive for the final season. You're only getting six. Mm-hmm. Good way to wrap it up. Yeah. Some of them are going to be longer, though. Like, this past episode was, I think, almost an hour and a half long. So, I mean, it was almost well, like a short movie. movie length. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, I think they said, like, $55 million budget. Like every episode this season, so it's fucking yeah, they're up there. <laughs> mhm. So yeah, so there is that, you know, and it's got a lot of fans, and it like the the monkey said, end game for Game of Thrones. Uh, but uh, all right, so Doc, what else do you have for us? Uh, on the heels of well, I don't know if it's really on the heels, but we've had all this talk on about the heels the, of love. The, <laughs> is it the wings, on the wings of love? Isn't it on the wings? Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> on, the fuck, on the heels of love, what does that even mean? Hey, listen, man, um, you know what? Love. I just make shit up as I go. <laughs> uh, we've talked about the Critters television series as well as the the Critters movie, uh, but both of those things are, I mean, not necessarily competing entities, but they're two separate things. Uh, they're now with all of the uh, stuff we've been talking about of the upcoming Child's Play remake, Sci-Fi today announced that they will be having an upcoming Chucky the TV series. Uh, <laughs> and in we Chucky talked about the that, TV, yeah. We've talked about that because I just read it yeah. today. Have I brought yeah, it up? They, they announced the year though, 2020 is the date that they're going to release it. But we talked about the TV show, Chucky. And yes, we have. Yeah, right. Oh, all right. Let me let me open up my my news because I swear I could have read that as like a new story today. Man, well, they announced that it's going to be released in uh, 2020. That was Don Mancini saying we got a release date 2020. Stay tuned. Sci-fi. Get ready. So yeah, he made that announcement this week. So it's kind of him saying that it's actually uh, happening. You're you're right. You're right. As I'm rereading the article and I reread it, and now that we're talking, and now I have memories of us talking about this. So I apologize for my inaccuracies. I take my journalism uh, very seriously. My credibility is, is all I have. And I apologize to you listeners out there for presenting you uh, false uh, information. Way to go, Eddie uh, letting, Yeah. <laughs> letting down all of your Polish fan base there. <laughs> 62 years. I'll take a Polish fan base over zero fan base, monkey. 
<laughs> well, I mean, Josh, why don't you talk about that, though, because you did break the news about the Critters uh, movie uh, on our group chat, and I actually put it on the Talking Terror page about D. Wallace uh, in that secret project. It actually is a Critters movie. Yeah, I said, I think I talked about that last week. Yeah, that is an official Critters movie, Critters 4, uh, or Critters 5, whatever it officially is. Um, but yeah, it's uh, all of that chatter about D. Wallace filming a secret project in Africa or Australia, or wherever they were filming it, uh, it's actually happening. So in addition to uh, the Critters series, uh, Critters Attack uh, is coming, it's the fifth movie coming uh, July 23rd. Um, starring D. Wallace. Um, there, is a trailer. There, there is a trailer that you can see. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's interesting. It's interesting uh, to to see to see a critter on a screen. It's like a bizarre, I think. But, no, but I hey, think hey, Shutter there. has one series, and Sci-Fi has the other. That's kind of interesting. <laughs> They're not going to do it all on Shutter. Okay, yeah, because is the Critters one the gonna be a the television? Sh- I mean, the is the sci-fi thing gonna be a television show? Was that the thing? No, no. The... Oh, sci-fi. Okay. okay, sci-fi has Chucky. Amazon Prime and Shut well Shutter has Critters, and then there's a okay. Critters movie and a Chucky movie coming. <laughs> yeah, the, the Critters movie. The Critters movie is also going to sci-fi. Uh, okay, so it's not even going to be like a theatrical film. It's going yeah, to be a made-for-sci-fi channel television. <laughs> no, on on July third. Uh, no, let me let me I'm apolog- let me apologize. Critters Attack will be released on July twenty third, two thousand nineteen. Uh, it will be released on Blu-ray combo pack, DVD, and digital. Uh, oh, it okay. does not. So, so it's uh, not a it's sci-fi not, channel thing. It's not a sci-fi channel thing. The Critters, this, I could have sworn it was Shudder. Uh, this is reporting, though, that the TV series uh, will be on Sci-Fi in October. That must be a okay. whole other TV series, because there's something currently <laughs> on Shudder. Yeah, there is. Uh, Critters yeah. Binge, yeah. I think, is on Shudder right now. So, fuck. Critters all over the place. <laughs> fuck, they're like getting crabs. <laughs> I mean, Monkey, how yeah. did you get rid of your crabs, bro? Apparently, he put them on Shudder and Sci-Fi. <laughs> yeah. oh, you know what? No viewers. That's perfect. <laughs> oh, nobody's watching I'm gonna that. Put it on, I'm going to put it on CBS All Access. Oh, oh that's <laughs> yeah. how you talk. <laughs> yeah. Get that viewership up. Second season. It's really easy to keep Jordan Peele for another fucking year when you get rid of the entire cast of Big Bang Theory, you know? They've got plenty of money to flow around right now. Clear out that space. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here, geeks. All, all <laughs> yeah, of a sudden, fucking CBS is going to go from, like, an all-white network to, like, all the black stuff. It's going to be, like, WB, you know, all over again back in the day. Or, no, what was that? Ooh, Channel 9. A, a, a new 227. <laughs> oh, I want that. Go. Uh, I thought this is Hurricane yeah, I, I like Flores <laughs> Henderson, so. Oh, yeah. It's, that was such a good show, though, 227. <laughs> But, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where Critters, the last movie was 27 years ago. Now, all of a sudden, everybody's hyped up on Critters. I don't know where it happened. Somebody in some <laughs> studio was like, you know what? You know what I miss? Critters. Somebody was like, fuck, dude, yeah. I remember that movie. That was 27 years ago. I'm sure everybody's looking at old properties and saying, hey, what can we do now 
What can we do better because we've got better technology? It's like everything. You see with everything where it goes through those phases, you know, where the 80s come back, the 70s come back. You know, we're going to see that with movies too. And it's just hitting that time frame. And not even horror related, but uh, there's actually going to be a one night only I read recently for All in the Family and the Jeffersons getting a reboot for like a one night only event. What? Which I was like, going to make them white? No, it's going to. I think somebody. uh, I was reading that Woody Harrelson was going to play Archie Bunker. And I was like, uh, I don't know. No, I don't know that. (laughs) I mean, I don't. Really only reboot, only if they allow him to say yeah. whatever it is that he wants to say. Woody Harrelson and Marissa Tomei will star as the Bunkers. Oh, no, thank oh, you. Man. Wow. And you can't stop. Jamie you Fox, know, Gene Stapleton. Jamie Fox and Wanda Sykes will be the Jeffersons. Oh, oh good lord. Uh, <laughs> I love Marissa Tomei. Yeah, but oh, not I as competitive. She, she's hot. She's the hottest yeah, anime this, man. Oh, oh my no. God! Yeah. What, what, was, what was that? The hottest Aunt May, you know, Spider Man. Well, that's aunt. a that's a given, dude. She's currently, his Aunt May. Dude, she's in this movie from the '80s called Playing for Keeps. Uh, mm-hmm. It's about these three kids from New York, and uh, one of them finds out that he had inherited like a hotel in the country. And they were going to turn it into like a kid, like a teenage resort, rock and roll resort. And it turns out it's like all dilapidated and falling apart. And there's tax liens and they have to band together to rebuild their their hotel. And Marissa Tomei is one of the girlfriends. She was so fucking hot. So did they play for keeps? Uh, They did. I fucking love that movie. Okay. All right. You guys would watch that movie. You guys would watch that movie and you'd be like, this is the shittiest fucking movie I've ever seen in my life. And I'd be like, I fucking love it. <laughs> so what else have you got on the docket there, Dave? Um, the we have talked since we were just talking about streaming services. We talked about how Marvel uh, is kind of getting into business with Hulu, uh, and they talked about some of their well, potential. Well, yeah, uh, but Marvel properties being funneled to Hulu. Uh, they have announced that they're going to have two new Marvel is going to have with Hulu is going to have two new live action series. Uh, one is going to be ghost rider and the other is going hmm. to be something called health, Hellstrom, Hellstrom, Do You know what I'm talking? Health, 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 you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Can Hel- you spell okay. it? Okay. H-E-L-S-T-R-O-M. <laughs> Hellstrom. Okay, hold on. I'm telling. You. Yeah, it's a modern version of of the um, late '70s, early '80s comic Son of Satan. This is the modern yeah. version of that. Yeah, it was originally that. called Son. Yeah, Son of Satan. He's the dude with red hair. He's got a big, um, <laughs> you know, satanic symbol on his chest, and he carries a, um, <coughs> excuse me, a big old pitchfork with a, or, I mean, a big old trident. Um, and yeah, you know, so that that was the name that they are bringing back. I can't they bring but back Evil no, Ernie. Bring that back. Uh, Evil Ernie wasn't a Marvel property. <laughs> Don't you just bring it that back? Part, I'm saying. Bring back that Evil was Ernie. part of the that that was part of the Lady Death series. <laughs> I know. I love Evil Ernie. <laughs> but I, bring it back. I thought 
But I thought the thing going on with Hulu was that the, the talks were that that's where the other live action shows were going to go, like the you know the Defenders yeah. and stuff like that. There's yeah, nothing was, definite uh, yet. Okay. You know that's the thing. So uh, they're, they're they have a lot of avenues that are open to them um, as far as streaming goes. You know, right now, obviously, with Endgame coming and and now in theaters. They uh, they have the time to figure out where they're going. I mean, obviously, they know what they want to do next as far as the movies go. Um, but I think everything's going to be all about this new uh, streaming service getting launched um, and getting launched properly. And then, you know, they'll they'll start working into the other things. But, yeah, I mean, with Disney owning 60% of Hulu, you know, obviously, it's a no-brainer that some of their stuff is going to end up there. I mean, they've already got The Runaways, which is a... Uh, a series that's a Hulu exclusive. So uh, I'm sure Cloak and Dagger, if that continues, is going to go there and so forth. And they get that news back for Ghost Rider. That's all I ask. I'm sorry, what'd you say, Doc? I said I fucking love that movie. Cloak and Dagger? No, no. That movie's fantastic, Cloak and Dagger. Oh, you're talking about Different Cloak and Dagger, bro. Not Dabby, Queenie, and the little black kid. Dabby (laughs) Coleman. Yeah, it was, uh, that one yeah, too. It was, <laughs> little yeah. black kid. What are you talking about? No, oh, my thinking of a, I'm thinking of a different movie. <laughs> <laughs> You're thinking what of the Burt Reynolds about? movie where he was a cop. Cop and a half. Cop and a half. Cop and a half. Cloak and a half. Got it. <laughs> no, Cloak and Dagger was Dabby Coleman and uh, and Henry Thomas. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, Yes, now I remember that. Yeah, Dad, yeah. Dad Where... playing dual roles as as the spy and the dad. Uh, Cop yeah. and a half was Burt Reynolds and had to protect uh, a young man who had witnessed a murder, uh, played by uh, his, the half, uh, William G. Golding the third or something like that. Yeah, and he, and he and he always wanted to play swords with Burt Reynolds. <laughs> oh, weird. <laughs> but. But no, you. But just so you know, Nicolas Cage will not be playing the role Norman, of Ghost Norman. Rider. It, it it will be Gabriel Luna, who actually played the same role in uh, Agents of Shield. Oh, Nick Cage. Oh, okay. So they're keeping they're keeping their TV cast. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. One so since Rage Cage. But I don't see anything here though about who will be playing Hellstrom. So will Jason Momoa. <laughs> He's available. Man, I'm always got this that is, Aquaman is, money, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so, Doc, moving on. I want to point out that on April 17th, uh, he had a horrible, horrible stroke. And then just yesterday, the day before, his family decided to take him off of. Uh, life support. Uh, John Singleton, director John Singleton, has passed away at 51. Yeah. Years. Oh man. Yeah, I, I read that earlier, man. That sucks, dude. He did a lot of he did a lot of movies that actually were impactful for me in my young life in the early 90s. You know, Boys to Boys in the Hood, movie, man. Fucking, you know, Higher Learning, like just films that I've watched so many damn times. So man. many times. Um, I know, yeah. I know, Ghoul, that you and I have when we talk about it. Uh, you know, kind of derive way more comedic effect from higher learning, but 
in all seriousness, that's a fucking heavy duty movie that still fucking oh, resonates so heavy today. The first time I ever saw that movie, man, there was no comedy involved. That was nothing but just serious and raw emotion and racism and and everything that he was trying to show in it. Um, yeah, it wasn't until, you know, again, enough viewings of something and, and having a buddy to, to share and some of the things that, you know, you probably thought were funny that really weren't kind of just is what built that up into its comedic stuff. But, uh but yeah, no, that that uh, he he definitely was a a very sh- very important and strong director in American history, man. Yeah, and oh, yeah. he wrote in he wrote Boys in the Hood kind of while still in film school, and then like got himself a meeting as a film school graduate for like some just minor position, and he used that interview to fucking pitch his film, and uh, he said that he had to be the one to direct it. They said they tried to buy the script from him for six for. Uh, over six figures, and he said no. He had to direct it, so they let this 22-year-old kid direct Boys in the Hood. And, you know, that's some crazy, intensive, impactful movie from the early 90s. Yeah, uh-huh. absolutely. Yeah, can't beat it. I mean, higher learning I like more than Boys in the Hood, but I just think I'd, you know, I just like the message more of higher learning, even though Lawrence Fishburne was in both, and he was fucking phenomenal in both. Yeah, he was. <clears throat> fantastic. <laughs> what is high? Um, All right, so you're gonna die. Next. I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> <laughs> and then next time, uh, <laughs> we have uh, so BBC, uh, who has brought some, some black fine television. Uh, in of course, oh, yeah. it is in your mind. Uh, for the rest of us, it's something else, but uh, we can always <laughs> count on you. Uh, who has Don't lie, man. Come on now. Some fantastic television uh, over the last decade uh, has announced that uh, the team of Mark Gastix and Stephen Moffat uh, are getting ready to create a three-part uh, telling of Bram Stoker's Dracula. It's going to be a three-part miniseries. Each episode will be 90 minutes. And the Bram Stoker Dracula story will be reinvented for a 21st century audience. Uh, the premiere date has unannounced at this time, but it will air on BBC One in the UK and Ireland and will be on Netflix International. Mm. Well, I would be looking for that in 2020 at the earliest. Well, I mean, I we've mean, seen yeah. Dracula Reborn. We've seen, I think we've seen many 21st century times of Dracula at this point. Um, yeah, with that bullshit that you made us watch. All right, but. Which one but, was that? Ooh, what, tra- Blade 3? <laughs> no, that movie sucks. I'm talking about Twilight. That's not Dracula. Oh, see, they, there you go. But that's not yeah. Dracula proper, man. Vampires. No. Okay. Modern day vampires. Okay. But I'm but curious that's about still this, not though, Dracula. Ghoul. Because Ghoul, this is going to be written by Moffat, who did all of the David Tennant Doctor Who episodes. You know, no, and, no, no, and, not all of them. That was Robert Davies. Um, oh, oh, you're thinking of the wrong right, showrunner. Right. Okay. Matt Smith yep, yep, is the right. one that Moffat wrote for. He also is the guy Absolutely. that has brought us things like Weeping Angels and some of the scariest characters in mm-hmm. Doctor Who. Oh, I remember um, that one. You know, so I, I have no doubt 
on his ability. I just don't know if the specific content, you know, when we're talking about fucking Dracula here, if that's yeah. anything. Is there anything in that that can that has not been told already? Like, really, what are you going to show me that is going to make yep. me go, holy shit, Dracula, <laughs> woo! He's in 2019 right. now? That's crazy. What? <laughs> yeah. But so far, of, of, the, of the cast, okay, is we've got jo- Jonathan Harris, who is in Sherlock, um, and then Black Mirror Bandersnatch. We have Sacha Darwin that was in Iron Fist. Um, Nathan Stewart Jarrett, who was in Utopia and Misfit. Catherine Schell, that let's was. Not, let's not bring up Iron Fist. Um, Thank you. Hey. I'm sorry, what, what was the name of the kid from Misfits? That was actually a really good series. If, uh, Nathan, if Nathan you guys Stewart have never, never seen it. Okay, I'm not sure who that is. Okay. Yeah. And then Catherine Schell, that was in Her Majesty's Secret Service. Yosef Jekyll, who is Jack Ryan in Night Flyers. And then Clive Russell from Game of Thrones. So a lot okay. of English and, actors. And, yeah. Well, yeah. That I don't know. It is a, that it, are no it, names that I know. It is a BBC show. So, who, yeah, exactly. that, that would that make sense, you would think. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's not like they grabbed like an Idris Elba or or any of like the the named characters from Game of Thrones that like I would know. Like I'm sure if I saw whoever that last guy is that you said, I probably would be like, oh, okay, it's him. But by name, I have no idea who that is. Well, wasn't Paul uh, Russell okay. the guy from Last Action Hero? Was like the villain, and that one with the glass eye. No, dude, when, that's uh, what's his name, man? That's Brother Noomspa. I know he's a Game of Thrones too, though. The guy from West Action Hero. So now I'm confused. Okay, huh? well, don't know Clive Russell. That's that Charles Dance. Charles Dance is the Charles guy from West Dance. Action Hero. That's it. Okay, yep. So not Clive Russell. Okay. No idea and who yes, he is. Yes, he was Tywin. He was Tywin Lannister in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Okay. So all right. So he always paid know, his debts. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, it could be interesting with, with who they have writing it, but I think Dracula's been done so many times. You just move on. Just, how many times can you tell the story of Dracula? Just like Frankenstein. Like, you told that story so many times. Brother Numspa. Brother Numspa. <laughs> Brother Numspa. All right. So, Doc, moving forward, past yeah, Dracula. I saw, that, I, saw that, I saw that in the movie theater. Nice. <laughs> I'm like one of the eight eight people that saw that in the theater. I did not see that until a little bit later, and my uh, say my if my not my late teens. It might have been my early twenties. Um, well, and yeah, so like I remember like the first. Yeah, I remember like the first part like I had ever caught of that movie, and I had no idea what I was seeing was that. That whole get the knife scene, and he was doing the scratching with it. He's can I, can I, can I get the knife? I want the knife. I want the knife. Do you remember in the beginning he was on like a he was like uh, like a dude that searched for missing kids, and he was on some kind of like Sally Jesse or else talk show, and there was like somebody like showing off turtles, and he was like trying to get Mm -hmm. the information out about the missing kid, and they kept cutting him in with the turtles, and the turtle's name was Teddy, and he said he told the turtle to kiss his ass on live television. Wow. <laughs> I like turtles. 
He's a great zombie. I like turtles. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that's the only reason I bring that up is I literally just watched that fucking video the other day. You did just now? Just no, just out of nowhere, like two days ago. The cool girl had never seen that before, so she never wow. got, like, you know, she never had gotten my reference. Whenever I'd be like, I like turtles. <laughs> Man, that's such a I'm good a video. Yeah, one of my favorite ones. That and of course the fake one with the black guy talking about cat dogs. I'm a turtle. <laughs> we know. All right, Doc. All right. What do we have next? I don't have anything else. That's the end of my news. Oh. Bum, bum. Oh. Excellent. Okay. Well, I don't have news, but what I do have is I want to give props, man. Props to where they're due for what Disney and Marvel and all of them have accomplished by finally getting out Endgame. Um, mm-hmm. And not only that, but delivering a film that was absolutely incredible, that lived up yeah. to all of the hype that was behind it. Um, it was everything and more that I could have expected or wanted. Um, I think I kind of sum it up by just simply saying like you know it's so rare that something meets my expectations and not only that it actually surpasses it um and i oh, think you well know being that they're already at 1.4 billion dollars and the movie has only been out for a week uh, i think the audiences agree <laughs> yeah I, I was um, reading yeah. a story that in hong kong a man who was seeing endgame and came out of the theater uh, after seeing it and started shouting spoilers at all of the yep. people standing online, and they beat the shit out of him. Yep. <laughs> I told the cool about that. I, yes, he, yes he did, and I think what you said would have been perfect. Would have been, what you said about it, though, would have been great, man, if people were in cosplay and they kicked <laughs> his ass. That would have been even better. Like, people dressed yep. as the Hulk and Captain America and all that, like, really, really would have been classic. All right, you have some guy dressed up like Stan Lee kicking him in the head. Excelsior, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> All right, but but the but the ghoul said what he thought about it. So, King, what did you think? Were you were you happy with what you saw as the final project for the the end of this series? Oh, it was the perfect ending to this phase with the Avengers. It uh, it couldn't have gone out on a better note. Um, it had so many good action sequences. It was funny. It makes you cry in certain sequences. I mean, it was just, if you've been watching this for the past 10 years, like I know the ghoul has, like I have 22 films building up to this one event. The three hours felt like one hour. Like it went by Mm -hmm. so fast. I couldn't believe the three hours had gone by and I couldn't believe that it was over when it was over. That's it. That's it. Like no way three hours. I was just so amazed that it went by as fast as it did. And it just it, it exceeded expectations. Everything that you wanted to see, it happened. Everything that you wanted to see happened. There were so many shocks in the movie where like, oh, shit, they went there. And, and then they just went back and they did something else. I mean, it was amazing. So non-spoilers, of course, but yeah. Definitely if you're a fan of Marvel and you're a fan of the Avengers, you yeah. have to see Endgame just to see how they finish this phase. Now, also, did, didn't you tell me that there's a thing going on already about a big-ass box set that they're working on? For the Infinity Saga, yeah. 
all 22 <laughs> films, including Endgame, in one big box set. I actually shared it on Facebook with the ghoul and with you as well, uh, Monkey. That's going to be released when Endgame gets released. I mean, that is a huge box set. I can't wait to go as 90s. Go as 90s as I can possibly go with this one. It will be mine. Oh, yes. It will be mine. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that that whole fucking... The box. It was just amazing. And I was like, yeah. I mean... We were talking about prices. I mean, I, I think what the ghoul had said, I would love it if it was fifty to $300. But knowing Disney, I think they're going to try to go for more. I think they're going to definitely try to go for more like four to 500 range with this box set. Oh, man. It's just... How come nobody asked me if I saw it? Did you? Yeah, because... Because <laughs> you haven't you seen the other winning? movies. <laughs> no, you, I didn't. No, no, okay, okay, but no, because the demonic Dr. Dave didn't see it because he was out winning his first championship with his team out there playing hockey. And congratulations, Doc. Congratulations, Doc. That, that was pretty. That was pretty fucking cool, you, man. Yeah. Way to go, man. <laughs> it was very exciting. He did something better than you're the best yeah. around. And no, nothing's ever going to keep you down. He's going to keep me down, man. No, seriously, I thought it was cool how Emilio Estevez was able to get them to band together as a team and play as a unit. You know? <laughs> quack, quack, quack. <laughs> On that ice. Indeed. Those ducks flew together. In a V formation down the ice. <laughs> no, Doc like, taking it would a be all... as we are the champions, please. <laughs> But seriously, this box set would be awesome if, like, this fucker came, like, inside a big-ass actual gauntlet, and that was the, the case that all these movies came in. That would just be cool as fuck. <laughs> I'm sure it's out there. I, I, I have to <laughs> find out, though, and, and see if I can find a sexual pleasure toy of the gauntlet. I think that would make fist, fisting uh, a whole other experience. Especially if I can figure out all those stones while doing it. (laughs) Oh, you could just make that snap. All of a sudden, we all turn to dust. Damn it, girl. What did you do? No, or she comes. All the ghoul's got to do is sit there and get himself a Halloween prop and then set it up so the gemstones light up and then just put, like, you know, a a big ass, like, you know, huge ass Harley Davidson motor in there. Wow, you're thinking way. Okay. Yeah, way. You're going way too far, man. I, if I had that, I'd <laughs> probably just jack off at it a lot, man. That's all. Yeah, I know. You're like the ultimate flashlight. <laughs> like, dude, like, yo, I've got the gems in my. Oh, yeah, no, I shouldn't go there. <laughs> it lights up when I come. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Santa's but... comfort. <laughs> all of a sudden we all start going I don't feel so good and we just fucking turn to dust as he comes snap us back into existence you came too hard Marty So yeah, so, so uh, I think that's me. enough of time travel references for one for one show. So why don't we time travel back to the year 1979 to talk about my movie pick for tonight, Zombie, directed by Lucio Fulci. Nailed it. 
All right, man. Oh, oh, That's oh. That's a segue. Zombie. <laughs> be, be, oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, the ghoul's got his O face out. Oh, somebody was getting oh. a the Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Rest in peace, uh, Zombies Lead Singer, <laughs> wherever you are. Um, so, yeah, Zombie from 1979, directed by Wichio Fulci. Uh, it follows the story of a New York reporter played by Ian McCullough. His character is Peter West. He hears a story about a boat that's in the New York Harbor where a police officer was killed. So he's trying to follow this story based on the lead by his boss, played by Lucio Fulci. He ends up meeting Tisa Farrow, the younger sister of Mia Farrow, who plays uh, Anne Bowles in this film. Her father actually owned the boat, and she wants to find out what happened to him as well. What they find out is that they have to go to the island of Matul, where Dr. Menard is trying to figure out why the dead keep rising and why he can't stop it. So that is the basic premise of Zombie. Uh, I picked the movie because it's a movie that, uh, to me, is one of Lucio Fulci's highlights. He's made so many films, like the Gates of Hell trilogy, New York Ripper that we've covered on the show before. But Zombie, I thought, was fun because it was marketed as the sequel to Dawn of the Dead, even though it has nothing to do with Romero's Dawn of the Dead. It's a separate whole fucking movie. Uh, But it's fun because it goes back to the Caribbean roots of voodoo and why zombies keep rising. So with that said, Ghoul, what do you think about zombies? Um, I mean, this, I, I, I'm pretty sure the doc had said we had watched this together at some point. Um, we definitely if did. We did. If we did, I have no recollection of it. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm, I'm 100% on that, man. Wow, was I sleeping? No, but you were probably really stoned. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but man, at least I normally have some... Like, like, there's something that, like, rings, like, oh, yeah, I remember seeing this scene or this part. There was nothing about this film that I remembered at all. Uh, yeah, like, I would I would have thought that I would have thought there were three different things in this film that maybe would have guarded your memories. Well, I know one thing in particular that I would think if I've seen it before, I'd be like, holy shit, because there was a couple moments in this movie that I was like, okay, that's pretty fucking cool. Um, Overall, it's, you know, it's an all right film. It was not terrible. I've certainly seen worse. Um, I've seen worse in the last couple of weeks. Uh, but this uh, this was enjoyable, you know. Some of the some of the effects were 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 good, and you know some of some of the characters were at least entertaining. Um, and yeah, that, that's that's kind of where I'm at at this point, man. It, it was nothing fantastic, but it was definitely watchable. Right. I will say this: so, uh, the uh, yeah. the the you gave us the link for YouTube. Whatever fucking version of that movie that's on there is gorgeous. They did a great it job. It's, it must be like the Blu-ray transfer or something, man, because it it's really, really good. Yep. From 2016, that yeah. was the Blu-ray from yeah. uh, Blue Underground. So, thank nice. God for YouTube. That, was, that wasn't the Anchor Bay release that was uncut? No, that's the Blu-ray un- Underground uncut. So, it's still uncut, but it's by Blue Underground that released oh, that okay. one back in 2016. Alright, because I know Anchor Bay did one, uncut, too. Uncut, right. just like the Doctor. Hell yeah. All right. So, Doc, what did you think about Zombie? I mean, I've seen this one before. This wasn't the first time that I've seen this. Um, I'm I'm surprised the ghoul has no recollection because there is not one shred of doubt in my mind that we had watched this one uh, at his house. Uh, now, 
that was a long time ago. I might have seen it like once since then, uh, but it wasn't super fresh in my mind. Like the little details, like the details of the plot were missing, but the action stuff remained. Uh, you know, like a lot of movies from this era, I feel at times it suffered from some pacing issues. Uh, but mm-hmm. for its genre and from what it is, you know, it's like totally serviceable, entertaining uh, zombie film. Uh, some of the effects, especially, uh, you know, the look of some of the blood was really good for its time period. And, um, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I like this one well enough. I'm, I'm a fan of this one. All right. So, Monkey, what did you think about zombie? All right. Uh, King, yeah, you kept, you know, telling us and warning us about, you know, you know, you apologize beforehand for making us watch this movie. And, you know, because it's more Italian horror. And, dude, I got to say, man, I was nothing but impressed with this movie. It's like um, just everything from the shots that were going on from the beginning of the day and how steady the camera was when you're trying to film multiple shots of multiple ships and just the way they were panning and keeping everything smooth. The shots that and the angles that they chose to use, especially certain angles later on, um, you know. But I was really impressed with the camera work in this movie, and like I, I just fucking fell in love with the location of the the, the tropics in this film. It, it, like it, it, it really made me want to be there, and I thought the, I thought the story was solid as hell. Um, I don't know why more people don't talk about this movie because. It, you know, when you watch zombie movies now, it's like I'm catching a lot of references back to this movie, and I don't think this movie's maybe getting enough credit for what it did. Um, and the the effects, you know, granted we're talking 70s, but I thought they were really fucking solid, man. I was having a great time with the gore effects in this movie. It, it's like, man, it's like seriously, th- th- thank you for picking this. It was just a fun ride, man. I had a great time watching this movie. Yeah, I was, I was hoping that you would. Um, you know, and people do talk about zombie, you know, which is Fulci's film. It's just that it's more on the underground with the Italian horror cinema at the time. So it's not as mainstream as Romero's films were, Return of the Living Dead in the 80s. So it's kind of one of those things where it's, if you're a fan of Italian cinema, you've probably heard of zombie um, and enjoyed it because it goes by so many different titles. So you never quite know which one you're going to get. Um, but. Overall, it like the doc and like the good It's a serviceable film. I enjoy it. I mean, it's revisiting it again this time for the show. I enjoyed it. Um, just to see, like you said, those shots by Giannello De Rossi, who was a cinematographer. Um, I knew that the ghoul might like seeing old 70s New York. Twin Towers, still intact, baby. And the Staten Island 70s mm-hmm. blowing by. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously there were, there were some location shots. You can't, you can't fake them couldn't be digitally oh, yeah. rendered in at that point. So, but I, I know the, for the most part, the movie was filmed, you know, in other places. Yeah, it was filmed in Venice, Italy, also the Isle of Mujeres, and uh, New York City. Those are the three most locations. Santo and, Domingo. Uh, yes, and Domingo, <laughs> and also where it was filmed. But yeah, like the, like the monkey had said, it's a beautifully shot film, especially when you get to the Caribbean, um, when they're on the actual island. Um, but I like the fact that it just starts off with a bang, literally. Where you have no context to what's happening. You just have a body wrapped up in a sheet and it's raising up and you have a gunshot to the head. The boat's ready, tell the crew. Bam, zombie. It's like, okay, all right, this is the movie we're getting involved with. <laughs> the fuck just happened. 
but you know, you just you follow that story mm. to the boat mm. in the harbor. Yeah. Floating around and you have two <laughs> uh, actors that were actually off duty NYPD officers playing the two characters that get on board the boat and trying to figure out what happened and why it's in this harbor. That makes a lot of sense then. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean for one thing they they, they sounded like authentic yeah. New Yorkers. Right. But they also did not seem like actors in any way. <laughs> they but, honestly were just off duty cops. And it was hard to tell whether or not you know these were genuine or not because you know everything was dubbed, but you said that this was done on purpose, right, King? Yeah, which of course you had to do it on purpose because half of the cast was English which means they spoke English, and then the other half was either Greek or Italian, and they didn't speak naturally English. So he had to kind of do the dubbing on purpose. So Ian McCullough, who plays Peter West, he speaks English perfectly, but he had to go back into the studio and do ADR mm. because he wanted yeah. to match up with what the rest of the film was. Yeah. To kind of yeah, sync it up you, pretty well. Yeah. yeah, but didn't you say this was also done so that the volumes of all the actors would be the same and you wouldn't have these weird-ass shots of trying to catch the voices here and there? You know, from differences. Yeah. yeah, it's not New York so River, they, where the entire cast is Italian, and they were filming in New York. Yeah. Where, you know, you got to dub it the right way. No, this is uh, him trying to match the volume and match, you know, the, the mouth as they moved the best that he could. I mean, when you see Lucio in his cameo as a New York, uh, you know, newspaper editor, you could tell it's not right when he's talking versus his uh, voice, which is done by Edward Mannix, who worked a lot with Lucio on his films, doesn't match up, doesn't sync up, but, you know, it's one of those movies where you just kind of don't pay attention to it. You just kind of go with the story. Mm-hmm. Right. Nope. And, Definitely no, noticed and that a I couple thought, of times, but it didn't didn't take me out of the film. No. No, no, no. I, yeah, I felt completely fine with it, especially because I grew up watching dubbed anime forever, so I'm used to <laughs> shit not matching up at all. You know, that it didn't bother me at all. Um, especially, you know, when you grow Did up it bother watching, you? No, <laughs> at all, <laughs> at all. But especially, but especially when you grow up, you know, watching like the Italian fantasy movies and stuff like that. You know, the Hercules movies where you know you have the bad dubbing anyway. <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about porn. <laughs> no, <laughs> said fantasy. Uh, Hercules but, ain't my uh, fantasy, man. <laughs> it's it's well, crazy we because have, you have. Uh, yeah, go ahead, monkey. No, you go ahead. Because <laughs> you have the, the dynamic of Peter West, played by Ian McCullough, who had been in a number of action movies at that time in the 70s. And you also have uh, Tisa Farrow. Like I said, she's the little sister of Mia Farrow. Uh, she went on to play a character in Anthropophagus in 1980. That's a great film by Joe D'Amato with George Eastman. Uh, she went on to be a nurse in upstate Vermont because acting was not for her. And you can kind of tell in this movie, probably not the right route to go. Yep. You're not quite, <laughs> you know, but it's the, the, you can tell it's a 1970s movie because he just straight up slaps her at one point. I'm like, yep, 70s. <laughs> you know, come on, woman. The police are coming. We have to act normal because they're going to come on this boat. What do we do? I'm going to make out with you. I have an idea, but you need to follow my, my directions. And she totally said, went as soon as, like, as soon as he no said it too, I, as soon as he said it, I was just yeah. like, "Yeah, well, that's gonna that's gonna be them fucking yeah." And it wasn't like they were just sitting on the bed making out. It was just like totally like he was two seconds away from fucking her. Like, you 
<laughs> if that cop had not come on board. He's about to unzip them drawers, you know? <laughs> oh, he was about to show her. Oh, baby, give me some of that bush. <laughs> that, that 70s you bush, because we know it's there. <laughs> I want yeah, to make out the panties. The panties had popcorn in them, man. Oh, you know that they did. <laughs> but, of course, Lucio had that thing with eyes, because he always said, he, with his female actresses, he always had to focus on their eyes. Um, especially with uh, with Tisa because she had those fantastic eyes. Whenever he did, the yeah, I was gonna say, man, yeah. you know, that was the one thing because the cool girl was watching some of this with me at times, and when that actress came on there, that was like the first thing she said. She's like, "Wow, she's beautiful, and look at those eyes." Yeah, yeah, um, and the same could be said when we get introduced later to Doctor Bernard's wife, Paola. Played by the beautiful Olga Kalados, a Greek actor. Oh, that that's who the ghoul girl was talking about. I'm sorry. I'm talking about the wrong actress there then. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. you're talking about Olga. Okay, yeah. Well, she, I mean, yes. both of them really had kind of defined eyes. Uh, I think that's why yeah. uh, Lucio casted them. Um, but, I yeah, mean, but, that's later but, on in the movie. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, when we get... Yeah, but when we get introduced to her, it's like I just, you know, found her just fascinating. And, you know, her, again, just those bright, bright green eyes and just the way she was able to play that panic off, you know, just so well when we first get introduced to her. I I was just, you know, just found her beautiful as fuck in a crazy sort of way. I was like, oh, she would be be fun. Mm And here's a question I want to pose to the doc, and I want to get your guys' opinion, too. You have the autopsy of the police officer who was bitten by the zombie on the boat in the beginning of the movie. And they're looking into his death, and they're saying, well, I mean, it looks like kind of a mark on his neck, and this could be something. But when they cut away, you see the hand moving underneath the sheet, and they never go back to it. So could this be the start of the zombie apocalypse in New York, like we see later on, you know, when we go into the conclusion? Because they never really go back to it. There's never any reports about any zombie activity in New York. But clearly something's going to happen. I thought it might have just yeah, been guess, a flub, you know, where the actor... Yeah, you know, I, I... No, it's cool. Um, I mean, it could be, but, you know, based on this this story being told, I I don't think that there was that much foresight to plant a seed early that this will start a New York zombie apocalypse. I think that this is just an oversight. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I I do not remember that from seeing this back then, but watching this earlier, uh, you know, when that happened, and then come back a little bit while later, I was like, and just popped in my head, oh, they never went back to the cops. Um, yeah, it seemed like a deliberate shot. That was... <laughs> no, it would make sense. The shot was deliberate, but they yeah. might have just edited this in a way where where they just never ended up going back to it and it might have had a purpose that was never fulfilled but I certainly think it was shot intentionally mm-hmm. I, was well, just I think the king is right on the whole thing that you know that it's probably what kicks off what we hear at the end of the film um, yeah. you know because I mean you have that plus you also have the fact that when they shot the person on the boat he falls overboard we never find out what happens to that body Yep. No, he falls in the water, and you don't know if that was a headshot. You know, that he just falls into the yep. water. But interesting about that actual actor, his name is uh, Captain Harrity, who actually passed away back in the mid-2000s. When he was done filming, he went to CBGB's in New York in full zombie makeup. Nobody questioned it. Uh-huh. 
sat at the bar, got a couple drinks, watched a couple bands. <laughs> Nobody said, hey, man, like, uh, what's the makeup? <laughs> nope. Because that was the punk scene back in 79. <laughs> nobody questioned it. He was able to sit there and drink, and nobody bothered him. I thought that was kind of a cool uh, trivia bit. But um, So you have Sarah Bowles and Peter West. They're preparing for a trip to Matul, where Sarah's father was, and they want to find out why his boat was abandoned. They want to find out what happened to him. And then you get introduced to Dr. Menard, played by Richard Johnson. And I thought that he was the strongest character in this movie. His line delivery was just so deliberate and strong. Whenever he was on the screen, I followed that character. Like, I really appreciated mm-hmm. what he brought to the film. Yeah, well, it was pretty much his story because this, this whole thing was his project that was going on. And, you know, like you said last night when we were talking, this is his island of Dr. Moreau, you know. Yeah. And, and this is his experiment, his project. And, yeah. For acting wise, he really had to be the anchor here, you know, to be able to make all of everyone else's roles work. He did. He needed to be the anchor. And I love the fact that you have, uh, like the, the ghoul had said about uh, the ghoul girl liking Olga Carlados because of her eyes. But she's also that woman that's like, you and your fucking zombies, man. Like, we need to leave the island. Like, this is, <laughs> this is all going to shit. Like, we need to leave. Like, you can't yeah. keep experimenting. Like, you know, can't keep playing with your fucking toys. We need to fucking leave. Yeah, yeah because she, she also mentions about how they keep getting clo- more and more across the island. It obviously started at one side of the island, and it's slowly working its way across. And she's noticing, you know, this this wave of, you know, annihilation working its way across t- towards their kick-ass house, which I fucking loved. Um but she, you know, she's got the foresight as well to be like, we got to get out of here. But nope, because it's the 70s, smack across the face. No, woman, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> this is my experiment. <laughs> know your fucking place. <laughs> you know, just go fucking yeah, drink well, and I mean, have a you, know, you saw that slap coming a mile away, man. Oh, yeah, you did. I mean, it was just, it was so <laughs> great. And the fact she's like, well, whatever. I guess go to fucking work, man. You know, and it's just, I just like <laughs> like the monkey had said, the, the island location is so beautifully shot. You know, and seeing their great house and seeing him do his work with all these poor people dying in the hospital, him not knowing what it is. Everybody keeps saying it's voodoo, and he's like, fuck voodoo. I don't believe voodoo. <laughs> like, I love it. He's the assistant Lucas, who just goes along with everything Dr. Menard says. Where he's like, I think it's voodoo. And he's like, fuck voodoo. And he's like, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I'm going to go back to work. (laughs) I can't lose this job. I got eight kids. Yeah. Yeah, And no, but, you know, Marcus was great. You know, he he was supposed to be the comedic sidekick, you know, to our mad scientist. (laughs) But, you know, still at the same time, a slight voice of reason involved. With what's going on, you know, you know, being you, you can't ignore the obvious of what's going on here. But while all this is going on, again, I'm also really enjoying the sets that are being done here. It's like I really dug the hospital, you know, and then the other place, um, the the doctor's laboratory, which for some reason, you know, you have a whole bunch of bunks all over the place. Then for uh, boats in the middle of the fucking house. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, Especially when he's drinking on the beach later on in the movie, and you see all the boats in the, yeah. the water. <laughs> yeah. Know, well, well, people are trying to leave. Yeah, all of the abandoned boats, and you see all these capsized boats, and you know, and I really enjoyed that they took the time to sit there and, sh- you know, 
show as best they could, you know, with the budget that they have, you know, that we're getting into apocalyptic type territory. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other characters I want to talk about quickly are Brian Hull and his girlfriend Susan, who are, are oh, yeah. captain and girlfriend on the boat. Uh, they no, Peter that, West that, and that, Anne want to get a ride right. to Matul with them, and they're like, we're, we're going to Matul, and they're like, well, we want to go there. And he's like, well, I'll make it worth your while, and of course they go, and he's like, well, I have to get extra supplies because there's none of the fucking coolers of water, so we got to get more. Um, I actually I liked Brian and Susan because they were just along for the ride. They didn't know what they were going to expect, but yeah, man, Susan has to go scuba diving. He just oh, has yeah. to go. <laughs> well, it threw me off when we first got introduced to her because she's wearing a shirt that's like damn near wet and see-through to begin with. You know, <laughs> yeah. like I actually had to pause it and be, and it's only wet right right across the nipples. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, man, Jesus. You know, and I was like, all right, well, she's not shy. But then later on, we find out she's really not shy. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I just – I wanted to get your guys' reaction to that because I just – it was so fulci to do this where it's like I'm not just going to, you know, just put on this scuba tank and get in the water. No, i got to strip off everything down to my little G-string and get into the water. Everybody's staring at her. It's like it's not awkward at all. <laughs> get ready to do a scuba yeah. dive. Ghoul, weigh in. <laughs> Yo, come on, man. You know, you know me, dude. There's boobies and all that kind of fun stuff, but – I mean, the reality is, is, who the fuck scuba dives nude like that, you know? I don't know. I'm, just, <laughs> like, I, I'm looking at it thinking to myself, man, there's all kinds of critters and shit like that underwater and, and all this and that. Like, I, I, just, I don't know, it's weird. I want, like, a full-body fucking wetsuit, man, if I'm going down there. <laughs> She's not shy. Well, She's going to go down. Well, She's well, definitely not shy. I, I like looking at them boobies. Well, well unlike Richard Dreyfus, she definitely had enough spit. Um, and, (laughs) and what was, and what was great was while watching this movie, I actually pulled my son in to watch this scene for what's (laughs) getting ready to happen. Um, no, because of what's getting ready to happen, which is a very, very important moment in horror cinema history. But, you know, while, you know, doing this, I was like, okay, you got to watch this scene, but this is why the scene's getting ready to happen. And, Ian's just, his eyes are just wide open and shit like that. But you enjoy this? He's like, uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is a horror movie. I was like, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, you know, this is not really what Scooby Diver is like. He's like, shut up. <laughs> yeah. Shut up, Dad. I got kids. Let me enjoy this. Get out of the room. But, yeah. But we get the awesome shot of her stripping down and then they're pulling the, uh, you know, strap against the snatch and all that. You know, it was it was good. It was good fun. It was a good team. Well, you know, but, 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 time. Yeah, he did, and everyone was enjoying the show apparently. <laughs> but and that's also because Lucio didn't want to film the next part. So he right. was out. But but okay. But before we get to the scene, King, why don't you go ahead and tell us what happened behind the scenes to make this scene happen? Well, I will tell it as quickly as I can because I want to get the doc's perspective and obviously the ghoul. Uh, but the scene that we're about to see, which is a zombie versus a shark underneath the water, which your folks did not want to do. He thought it was just kind of stupid. Like, this doesn't make any sense whether there will be a zombie underneath right. the water. So Ugo Tucci, who was the producer of the film, decided, I kind of want to do it because he had seen a movie back in 1977 called Cinturetta, which was basically a soft core version of Jaws. 
like porn-wise, and it was all about a killer shark, that Ramon Bravo had written the book, and Rene Cordova had actually directed it. So Rene Cordova was going to be... Tintoretta. Tintoretta. Oh, my God. Doc, you know what movie that is, right? Yeah, that's the one with the two guys and the chick, and they're all, they live on a boat and have like a three-way all the yeah, time. Yeah, they're all fucking that's each right. other and everything, man. That's yeah, Cinderella. We've seen that. We've seen that movie, man. Yep. So that <laughs> like was we caught that like randomly. Yeah, that yeah. like was on whatever we were watching ended, and when it switched back to the TV, like that was the channel that was on or something, and we just kept with it. Yeah. So yeah, Cinderella oh. was was the basis. The monkey's so. very impressed. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> Lucio said, basically, do what you got to do. You can do whatever, you know, just take a day. So they went to the Isle de uh, Mujeres with Ramon Bravo, who wrote the book. Uh, Rene Cordova was going to be the guy underneath the water, but at the day that it was supposed to happen, he got sick. So Ramon took over, put on the zombie makeup. They sedated this tiger shark, set up a lot of food, so it was going to be able to move in the water, and they filmed this particular sequence with a zombie versus a shark. Uh, I thought it was beautifully shot. I mean, even now when I watch it, seeing the cuts <clears throat> that Giannetto De Rossi did, where you can't figure out how they tore a chunk out of that shark and managed to take a, you know, have the zombie eat it versus him getting his arm ripped off. I mean, it was um, an amazing scene. Uh, but I wanted to get yeah. the, the doc's thoughts on it. Doc. Aging demonic Dr. J. <clears throat> So now he's going to get quiet when I ask him a question. Okay. All right, cool. What did you think of that scene? I think it's funny that, I mean, one, that bringing that movie up, because seriously, I can't tell you how many times I thought about Tinto Terra when I was watching mm-hmm. this. And in no way right. did I think, like, you know what I mean? Like, watching it, I wasn't – it reminded me of it, but I didn't think there was any connection to it. But, mm-hmm. yeah, when this shark thing happens, I mean, it's one of those moments. I've ne- Like I said, I would think that if I've seen this movie before, this would be something that I would never forget. I mean, zombie <laughs> versus fucking shark. Like, this is Fuck something yeah. that is, like, sci-fi fucking worthy, you know, as far as, like, <laughs> sci-fi channel movies. Like, if you were to, like, yeah, yeah. this is a zombie versus shark movie, I'd be like, yeah, I know. I can only fucking imagine. Um, <laughs> it's so bad. It's great. It's so stupid that it makes it awesome. Uh, I loved it. I really did. Like, you know, like, I'm sitting there, and as dumb as this entire thing was, I was still enjoying the fucking the, the shit out of it. Mm-hmm. Good, lucky. Yeah. Hey. And when I was sitting there mentioning this to people, you know, on Facebook and talking live, you know, and covering this movie, and they're like, okay, what is this movie? And I tell them three words, you know, zombie versus shark. And tell them, (laughs) real person dressed as a zombie, underwater, fighting a real shark. And it's like, what? You know, and and the weirdest thing is, in my opinion, you know, just watching the effects, the underwater zombie was the best fucking zombie in the entire movie. Effect, yeah, I thought he, I thought he was the best looking movie. I mean, best best looking zombie in the entire thing. And you know, and yeah, you thought he was so handsome, awesome. didn't you? Yeah, he wanted <laughs> yeah, to yeah, suck yeah. that zombie but, dick. But it was Ramon but Bravo. Was so, looking at you. But this was so cool though because I like I had always heard of there was a movie out there of a zombie versus a shark, and then when the scene actually happened, I was like, holy fuck, I'm actually watching the fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> this is holy shit. <laughs> You're finally getting to see it play out. And, uh, <laughs> at no time did I ever know of a movie 
that fucking had a guy, like a zombie fighting a shark, man. Had I, I would have been like, dude, I got to see this shit. <laughs> right? <laughs> but you have to see it to believe it. And it's so great because it's an actual fucking shark. It's not like, a, you yeah. know, it's not like Bruce from Jaws where it's, you know, a, yeah. a mechanical shark. No, this is a fucking actual tiger shark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, know? you know, and yeah, and we have the moments where, you know, uh, <clears throat> like you said, King, you know, he, where sleight of hand, you know, basic sleight of hand magic, you know, makes it look like he's ripping shit off the shark and eating it, you know, and the and the dude's actually underwater wrestling this fucking shark, you know, and then we have the great scene of then the shark comes and takes a giant bite out of the fucking zombie and bites his fucking hand off, you know. So, which would okay, but okay, but leads me to this question. Okay, is hello because of the hello. Okay, continue. Thank you. All right. Okay, but this leads me to my. I believe the doc has of, returned. Hey, okay, well, stop interrupting the monkey. <clears throat> okay, but with the what the monkey trying to say he, something? Fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> You're cool. Fuck you. <laughs> but who's next? With, with eating the flesh of a zombie, does that shark now become a zombie shark? Well, it got no. side ripped off on the zombie, so I think it does. <laughs> so now you have zombie shark coming to sci-fi. <laughs> well, I think did it the does. zombie bite him or did? No, the zombie didn't the, bite him, right? The zombie, it ripped off no, the zombie. The zombie, like, ripped no. into him. The zombie, the zombie ripped, ripped into uh, him. Yeah. But, but yeah. the shark bit the bit and ate the zombie flesh. Yeah. No, that's, yeah. Not how the, that's not how it goes, though. The, tr- the transfer goes through the saliva of the zombie's bite, not through the zombie's flesh. That's why in movie, like shows like The Walking Dead, you can coat yourself in zombie's goo and blood and shit like that and not contract. Okay. Well, originally but, you couldn't. Okay. Okay, but Doc, we were talking about the whole zombie versus shark team. So what? Did yes. you, so what did you think of it, man? Zombie shark, do 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 do. Zombie shark. I mean, this is just one of those things to me that, while yes, in the, hearing the ghoul talk about, like the, I mean, the king talk about the technical aspects of them putting the scene together. Um, it's just, it's just so absurd. And maybe it was what came before zombie versus shark because, uh, you know, the woman is down there and she sees the shark and, like, out of nowhere, all of a sudden there's a zombie under the water um, yep. that, that reaches out to grab her. Um, Wants them to. You know, if, oh, if yes, she was but, naked. I know, but I feel like if this was a scene that was taking place uh, – in the beginning of the movie where we saw a zombie go into the water, it might make a little bit more sense for a zombie to be there, but it was just so random that there was a zombie there in the first place. Yeah, um, but then we'd have to explain why there was a shark in the Hudson Bay. <laughs> well, well, I guess that's true, too. I mean, what, what's more realistic, a zombie <laughs> or a shark? Good question. Where? Either, either way. Either way, it was a fun, it was a fun show. I think this, I think the only problem that we have with this is I'm sure this is where somebody got the idea for Jaws the Revenge. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah but Jaws revenge. three hadn't even come out yet. 
Yeah, I get that, but this is Jaws. You know what I mean? It's a shark, Caribbean island type of deal. And yeah, we had Tinto Terror, but I don't know. Exactly. I was just feeling it. That's all. Whatever, man. I, you know, you want to go all fucking literal? You can suck my dick, okay? Well, you know, and and going with the movie girl, after, the, uh, after the after <laughs> the the shark versus zombie, we get them to Matul where they're firing off, you know, flares to get the attention of anybody on the island. And they eventually meet Dr. Menard, who tells Anne that her father died and he was just a victim of the island. Great kind of exposition, talking about that beginning scene that we talked about where you see the guy rising up and a gunshot going off. That was yeah. her father. You know, yeah. He was caring for the guy, yeah. died, so I yeah. put his fucking body down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that no. yeah, but I love how he puts the, the, the bullshit spin on it where you know, he was like, no, he said he wanted to be a guinea pig, and I was like, "No, no, we we, we have to cure you." You know, yeah. it, it's like uh, this. This was also taking me like as very much. Um, you know, this is way out of it, but the evil scientist in the Disney film The Black Hole. You know, where he was. Mm. You know, you know, uh, uh, he had uh, he had a crew originally, but then they slowly started turning into. Weird little zombies because he was doing his own little experiments to keep his little ship afloat here, you know. And yeah. but yeah, yeah, good, you know, good callback. Um, but during this uh, during this exposition of them arriving on the island, we also have Paola again, Olga Colados, taking a shower, showing off those great Olgas. Ah. <laughs> Showering off, I'm I'm ready. I just you know what I'm tired. I want to get a drink. What's that noise? Oh, there's somebody <laughs> at the door. Why can't I get Ooh. the door closed? This is fucking crazy. <laughs> like the door won't shut. I better put a desk in front of this door because there's a zombie outside. And it leads to I think it's the the finest piece of this movie, effects wise. Uh, the zombie grabbing onto the back of Pale's head and dragging it towards the wood splinter. And you know what's going to happen. It's Lucio Fulci. He loves eyes. So you're going to get a good eye effect. Um, yeah, I feel bad for I feel bad for anybody that has, like, you know, any kind of queasiness or, or problems with, like, eyes and things near eyes. You know, I know people in particular that, like, you know, anything that has mm-hmm. yeah, a, any – a movie can have just close-ups of eyes or show somebody with like irritation to their eyes and they get all kinds of freaked out about it. So, you know, for them to catch something like this, it must be like their worst nightmare. Yeah. I mean, it it was such a great effect of the eye getting dragged towards that wood splinter. It keeps, I literally dragged it out. That's what I love about it is that it wasn't quick. It was just slow and it was just slow, slow, slow until her eye goes all the way into that fucking splinter. And then she gets dragged in the door. Yeah. Yeah. This definitely wasn't like a Friday the 13th Jason Voorhees thing where slam head falls back and there's a thing sticking out of your head. No, you know, taking your time, let you let you squir- let you squirm while you you know it's gonna happen, you know, and <laughs> and yeah, it was a fun shot, and you know, I I'm glad you told me to you know keep an eye out for the eye shot. It's gonna be there. Have Literally, fun, you know, <laughs> keep an eye out. <laughs> but yeah, it was so a fun funny. shot. I enjoyed it. <laughs> okay, but, um, uh, so. Doc, what did you think about Olga Colados' death with the wood splinter? 
I mean, that is, that is, I think, the scene that stands out to me the most uh, mm-hmm. from remembering seeing this film. Uh, just the the whole sequence is just, it's so, like, kind of everything else in the movie, like, kind of slow in its development as the wood is getting closer. Um, but I think it's a great effect. I love how the splinter goes into the eye. Um, I love her screaming. I love when it gets deep into the cheek. Um, I just think that for its time period, uh, this is a really cool effect that the camera stayed like right on for the whole time. So good stuff. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And of course, you have Dr. Bernard, you know, in the background saying, hey, guys, can you go check on my wife? Like, I'm kind of worried about her. So <laughs> my wife. Take a Jeep, go to my house to see how she's doing. Because she's kind of sad, so why don't you go check on her? And what happens is so fucking great when they go into the house, and it's like a Golden Corral fucking buffet style on Pale's body. I I loved it, man. It's like, you know, like you and I were talking about last night. It's like, these zombies are obviously full, but they're still hungry. It's like, they just can't get enough of the chicken wings. They're stuffed, but it's like, they don't have the energy to be all you know, 28 days later, you know, you know, they're all just, you know, sloppily just pulling off a piece here and there, shoving in their mouth. I think one of them was like actually like laid back looking extremely stoned or something like that. It's oh, just, yeah. Yep. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's like they're just so full, but they just can't stop eating. That's how I took <laughs> yeah. it. Typical buffet people. <laughs> yeah, it's crab legs tonight. We gotta keep eating. Yeah. Welcome I to Golden Corral. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a great commercial, Golden Corral. Have you had your fill? No. Come back for more. It's it's surf and turf night. Surf and turf. <laughs> we got the shark. <laughs> yeah, surf and surf a, oil pail was body. No, that would be that would be great if like one of the zombies had like the shark head like wrapped around his dick. <laughs> He's just eating the shark head. <laughs> <laughs> he brought the shark. <laughs> Dragged it up, and we're eating it inside this house. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have but you ever I, eaten shark? I have. I've had shark. I have, I have too. So good. <laughs> I've had Mako. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've had Mako. Yeah. Yeah. I've had shark fin soup, and it was fucking fantastic. Yeah. I was like, I can use this. <laughs> but, but during this whole sp- spread that was going out, oh, God, no. Shit, another bad pun. Sorry. Um, yeah, it's just I was just enjoying the gore that was going on and just them being able to just scoop shit out while they're going and just having a good time with the gore and – uh, like it was super laid back, but at the same time, just really raw. Oh shit! Bad pun again. Uh, yeah, well, and just the fact that when they try to leave the house, you have a couple other zombies kind of shambling towards them. So like this house is infested. Like there's zombies everywhere. I need to because find the way out. Because that's where the buffet is. <laughs> yeah, but they're like, we waited in line. Like, are we next? Like we have a yeah. ticket. <laughs> yeah, they were, yeah, they were pissed off because the new people just jumped in line. They didn't have a ticket. That's why they were mad. No cuts. No cuts, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've been here with my family for hey. five hours. Yeah. Now <laughs> I got. It. I I do have to admit I was upset because, um, you know, when Peter sits there and is trying to 
start to fend back the zombies that are at the door. And we have these big-ass gazelle um, antlers right there, right behind them. I was expecting them to grab them and shove them through, you know, and do like a long yeah. kind of thing. You know, instead, yeah. he just sits there and, sw- you know, swings them like a baseball bat instead of shoving. I was expecting just, you know, to go through for the shot. But, no, they didn't go there. <laughs> well, it's also because the character, I don't think, knew what to do, you know, in that particular situation of going through the head. Like, it's not common knowledge to these people that you need to go through the brain to kill these zombies. No. Just, you well, know. I was just talking about just going through anything, you know, but yeah. instead of swinging it like a baseball bat. But, yeah, you're right. You're right. You know. Yeah, character is completely new in a weird ass situation. You know, swing away, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and they get away. I mean, they do get away in the jeep until they run that, into a zombie and crash into the jungle, which that leads was a to Land Peter Rover. and his fucking gigantic <laughs> ankle wound. Where I'm like, your fucking yeah. ankle's hanging off by a fucking thread, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, how and, are you walking? And, and and how did he get so fucked up while everyone else is perfectly fine? It's like he. <laughs> <I like, know. laughs> the, like, little do people know that, you know, that particular spot in the Land Rover is notorious for killing people, you know. <laughs> yeah, but he's, he but, just has this weird fucking ankle wound. And they, yeah. they get off in the jungle, and you find the Conquistador graveyard. So <laughs> you have Brian and Susan investigating this jungle area. And then you have fucking Peter rusty. and Sarah, and Peter's hurt. But what do they do? They decide to just... Fucking make out. Like, it's just, you know, we're, we're in a bad situation. We're going down. So it's <laughs> it was awesome. Again, this is, again, this is 70s. Oh, baby, you look so fine in this graveyard. <laughs> yeah, except there's fucking zombies coming out of the ground. You know, and one grabs onto her hair. The other guy grabs onto his fucking ankle and digs in deep, like yeah. Evil Dead style. Yeah. Brian's yeah. like, oh, she's going to save him. <laughs> and this whole scene, it's like, you know, Brian, they're acting like he's miles away. But when you watch the camera pan, they're only 10 feet away. <laughs> I know. Like, you can see what's happening to them from where you are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In your fucking Daily Planet fucking yeah. Superman t-shirt. Yeah. But when they keep cutting from scene to scene, they're... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But when they keep cutting from scene to scene, from couple to couple, they're making it seem like they're so far away. And Brian's got this moment where it's like, D- you know, do I save my girl or do I save my friends? It's like, dude, just turn around and shoot. They're literally right there. Just <laughs> um, save I, yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a, an effect that Wuchio did that I really have appreciated is when you have the zombies coming up from the Conquistador graveyard, he has the shots of the camera. Uh, pointing up towards the sky, and you get to see the dirt falling off the camera, so you can get the POV from the zombies. I kind of really yeah. appreciated that. S- simple, but it worked, you know, and, you know, a little bit low budget, but at the same time, still, you know, going somewhere where a lot of other films hadn't gone yet. Yeah, yeah, I mean, even, you know, Romero didn't even do that, because his zombies were kind of re- uh, newly animated. Um, yeah, or they, so were, kinda, yeah, they were already around. But so I like the I fact that you have back. these crusty yeah. zombies coming out of the ground to yeah, attack these what, people. But that was what was confusing. <laughs> but it's like that was one thing that confused me about this whole scene is why all of a sudden do we have the fucking conquistadors coming up out of the ground? What voodoo, man? Yeah. <laughs> but what about the babe? <laughs> <laughs> the, it's voodoo. The, 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 the voodoo. 
the hoodoo that you do? There's a voodoo curse <laughs> in the China. So that's how they're coming out. And of course, when Susan's left alone on this particular stretch of island, that's when you get the cover zombie for the movie yeah. coming out of the ground with yes. the worms coming out of the eye and the fucked up teeth, and he just immediately roots out her throat. She could have ran. Now, she could have. Unfortunately, you know, this is one of those where the still shot on the box looks a hell of a lot better than the actual shot in the movie. Yes. It definitely looked real Agreed. fake, um, mm-hmm. which is kind of a bummer because, yeah, I recognize it obviously from the cover, but when I was looking right. at it, I just kept having to, like, double take and be like, oh, is that really <laughs> yep. it? Wow, it doesn't look so good. What a bummer. Um, but that being said, I guess that is what is determined here, is that this is a voodoo thing? Yes, it is. It's a voodoo curse on the island of Matul. And that's what's raising the people island. from the dead. On the whole island, yeah. Because you have one of the people that's sick in the bed. She's crying out, saying that her husband was buried the other week. And then she saw him walking around mm. the next day. Mm-hmm. So there's a curse on this island. And that's what Menard's trying oh. to figure out, is why they keep coming back right. to life. Well, that, that, oh, crap, because that was one other thing, is while they're just cutting all around, we do have Menard and his nurse and, you know, their boy, you know, burying bodies, and the drums keep getting more and more, you know, right. and, and, you know, and, you know, and the doc's boy's like, you know, can, can we bury him now? And the nurse was like, no, there's two more that's going to die soon. But she keeps talking about how the drums keep getting more intense. So I so, oh, man, yeah, okay, so you're right here. I guess it would be like voodoo thing of just rising up more and more right. all across the yeah. island. I guess. They can't right, help it. Ahead, like, yeah. They can't stop it. Like, they don't know how to stop this thing. Like, they just, they don't know what's going on. And that's the whole thing where Lucas keeps saying, it's fucking voodoo, man. He's like, I don't fucking believe in voodoo. Not real. Yeah, Take well, news. that's the thing. He yeah. keeps asking him, and he keeps telling him, and... But you never see it, you know what I mean? You never get, like, definite, like, who is the person that puts the curse down or, or anything, you know? Which is, and I guess that's kind of him taken from the whole Night of the Living Dead thing where you don't get a definitive yeah. answer. Yeah. Go ahead, No, go ahead. No, oh, I was just going to say that, that that was one thing I did like was that we did not have an answer specifically, and it was just, you know, in the background, weekend of burnings. You know, <laughs> oh, God, I love yeah, it's like, it, yeah, it's just Two. you know, we we don't know who's causing it, but it, it it is now becoming a constant in the background. Yeah, it's constant, always in the background, especially when it gets to the church and they're barricading themselves yeah. in, and Menard's kind of making his last stand. Like, I know my wife's dead now. I know that I have to fight off against these zombies. His friend Fritz is now dead. So it's, it's like, you know, Avengers Endgame. <laughs> this is it. This Fritz. is our final. Fritz. This is our it's battle. The other white guy. It's the other white guy on the <laughs> <Yeah>. island. <laughs> the other white guy on the island. I love that line. <laughs> yeah. But this is it. Like, we have to fight off against these zombies in this uh, church. And we have to get as much gasoline as we can. And we're going to fucking light them all up. And we're going to get out of here. Like, we're going to survive. But everything goes to shit. Menard's ripped apart by Fritz. You have Lucas ripped apart by zombies, and he's reanimated, so he's coming after them now. So it's just a chaotic scene in this church as it starts to yeah. burn to the ground. It, it's it's a beautiful thing of the, our heroes trying to make a stand and you know fight everything off. But as they're trying to sit there and build their fortifications, everything is as quickly as they're building up 
falling apart from the inside because everyone on the inside is becoming zombies. And I'm loving it. It's like I'm loving this is like, you know, it's looking like no one's going to fucking get away, you know, and everything's going to shit. And I'm I'm really digging that they have this entire thing of desperation and it is literally all falling apart in front of them. <laughs> yeah, and, and Brian trying to make his last stand, like he's still shooting these zombies, but he's not getting them in the head. Like he's just shooting them in the chest, and when they fall down, they keep coming back up. So it's, what the fuck do I need to do? Yeah. Like, you know, I need well, to get out of here, and we need to figure out a way out. Well, you think this guy's never seen a zombie movie before. You know, you fucking shoot him <laughs> in the head. But they did yeah. have the moment where they brained the one zombie that bit into Susan. They, they fucking knocked him down on the ground, and then they beat his head open. Dead. He's yeah. not coming back up. Yeah. But that was just the luck of the draw, man. And I like how you pointed out last night when we were talking, dude, that there was never that clarifying moment of, oh, you know, do them in the head and they're done. You know, so it was you had your luck shots while the rest of the time it's just complete strangers. You know, like the ghoul said, never been in a fucking zombie movie before. Don't know really what to do, you know. But Mm -hmm. Fulci is still sticking to the rules but not putting the rules out there for the, our heroes to discover. Because he figures you probably know. Like, if you're watching this movie, you know what they need to do. They don't know what to do, but you know. Right. That they have to exactly. Kill the you know, which is brilliant on Lucio's part to include no, that. That's Especially what, when yeah. the, the church is burning to the ground, you have Brian running outside, and he runs into zombie Susan. <gasps> she is zombified Susan. at this point. And he's yeah. like, what the fuck? Like, I loved her, and she's reanimated. What do I do? And she immediately bites into him. <laughs> That's her first uh, reaction. You, you, you love her. That's what you do. <laughs> Bitch is a zombie. You love her. And then right after she bites, she's like, she's got to put a muzzle on her, man. That's all. <laughs> and cue the music again. I just, I love it. As soon as she bites into him, he goes, shoot her. He's like, shoot her. You know, take her down. You know, it's so good as they're leaving this inflamed island on their boat. And you have, and what we're doing is that you have Brian, they have him on the boat and he's dying. Like he's he's shivering, he's dying. They don't know how to save him. They don't know what's going to happen to him. So they have this great thing of they're going to lock him inside that boat as kind of evidence. That zombies are real, and this is what's happening. Like that's going to be their okay. proof. All right, hold, hold on. It's not their proof. This is Peter's proof because all of a sudden, after everything that we've gone through, all of a sudden we realize, you know, like everything that Peter's gone through. Now we're right. like it, this was just a slap in the face to me. Again, no pun intended. That at the end of the day, Peter is there for a job, and he's there for his job. And he has to bring Brian back to verify his story. Why was you that know, a fucking mistake? Like, you didn't think that that well, was his entire fucking gig? Listen, man, it's, <laughs> it is a noble job to report the news. This is important news that needs to be brought to the attention of the public. So it's not just a matter of collecting a paycheck, man. He is doing a duty. Yeah, but at the same time, when you're also trying to get away from an apocalypse-type scenario, and then you're faced with one of your party going down because they got bit, I'm sorry. Shoot them or chuck them off the fucking boat. 
Get them off the fucking boat so that you too can survive. You know, no, I'm sorry, I wouldn't do that. Fuck. I'm on Peter's side. Like he's a reporter, he has a job. <laughs> you know, we gotta no, we gotta no. do experiments on these things. We gotta yeah. find out what makes them yeah. tick. We gotta find out what makes yeah. them excited. What makes them happy? What makes them sad? Yeah. Do they have feelings? Okay. Now you said now you said you know, the corporation in the aliens movie. There's gonna be zombie rights. You know what I mean? There's, there's gonna be zombie marriage will be fucking legalized before you know it. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, Doc, what do you think about the decision to have Brian get locked up as a zombie in the boat? Well, yeah, they want to bring him home and say, hey, look at what's happening in the world today. Uh, and obviously, <laughs> that's just a setup that's going to lead to bad news, as it often <laughs> is the case. Um, we don't know that it's going to come of that. No good is coming of that in any way. Um, <laughs> when they're on that boat... And they've already locked him in that, that uh, the room in the boat. <clears throat> they turn on that radio, and you have the, the host in New York City on the radio, you know, saying that there's zombie a zombie epidemic. Here. Loved it. <laughs> you know, I love the fact Keep that they, they that turn chicken. on the radio, and you have the radio <laughs> announcer going, well, there's zombies, and they're coming in. They're coming into the door. They're coming in now. There's zombies. Oh, and they're screaming, knowing that he's dead Dave. now. You know what the bummer here is for me on this one, man? I actually fell asleep. And I fell asleep during the, I guess, the big brawl that was occurring during all of this this time. So I missed the very end of the movie. And the problem with the YouTube, when I'm watching it on, like, the app on my television, you can't (laughs) simply rewind it or or go back and forth or anything. So I just had to, to read up on, like, what the actual ending was. I had no idea that the whole thing like ended up invading to New York and all of that stuff. So, mm-hmm. well, uh, didn't see obviously it, didn't miss a lot, um, but I missed something. Well, uh, I wanted to get to that shot because I know it was the monkey saw it. I'm sure the doc saw it, but uh, seeing these zombies on the Brooklyn Bridge, you know, slowly kind of shambling towards New York. This was something that HBO had no permit for. So instead of saying, well, we'll wait until the permits get cleared, he's like, no, fuck that. He's like, we're just going to go on to that bridge and film. He's like, so we're just going to get these people dressed up like zombies (laughs) and shamble across the bridge. You can see the traffic coming in and out of New York very casually and these fucking zombies. Meanwhile, you know, it's the end of days for New York. But the fact that he had no permits whatsoever to film, it's such a great moment in this movie when you see them shambling across the New York City Bridge Cue the Fabio Freezy, you know, theme of zombies. <clears throat> I thought it was a great way to end this movie. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry, Doc, you go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it just, I remember the first time seeing it and like, uh, not that I don't watch this movie right now, like, with a serious mindset, right. but yeah, I remember like, oh, the sense of doom, like they've come now and they're going to take over New York and it's all over. Uh, so like, I remember the sense of doom. I watched this movie differently now than I watched doom. it when I first saw it or the second time I saw it. Um, but I think that it's a cool shot because uh, you don't often, at least in that time frame, and even now see zombies in New York City. Yeah, on the Brooklyn Bridge, well places. An expensive fucking town to film a zombie movie in, you know, that's the problem. <laughs> you know, when you when you're dealing with zombie stuff, you're dealing with multiple people and that, that yeah, becomes an issue. Shoot, 
they often go shoot Wait. in Toronto and call it New York City, though. Right. <laughs> no, but it's that's, cheaper but, and you get tax yeah. breaks. That's right. I know. But 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 that's why that's exactly why Fulci said, "Fuck it, you're in makeup. Go 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 go." And yeah. we're filming. We're filming. We're filming. <laughs> cops do shit. Just cops some gorilla shit. fucking old school <laughs> style. In, that's independent filmmaking, yeah. man. That's what that is right fuck, there. Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. It's like it, the, when I heard that story with the king told it to me, I was like, that is so fucking badass. That is that is awesome, man. <laughs> and the fact that they don't stop when the credits start rolling, they keep going. Like it's not like yeah. a still shot. No, they keep fucking wandering across that fucking bridge as the credits are rolling all the way until the end. Like, they are coming up. Like, there's a ton of fucking zombies on this bridge, you know, walking across. They're coming up, so they better get this party started. And you're going to have oh. New York zombie. Wow. Which was a fantastic shot. I mean, just, the fact that Lucio did up-close shots of the zombies, all bloody. Um, there was a lot of problems with makeup that day with using ammonia. So a lot of the people were getting sick during that shot, you know, because he had to use a lot of different effects. So the fact that he managed to make it work as such a great moment to end this, because a lot of people said this is the bridge for him to do an unofficial sequel to Dawn of the Dead. You have Romero zombies in Pittsburgh. Well, now you have Fulci zombies in New York. You know, I had no idea, but I was reading earlier that, uh, and I don't know if it's still the case, but apparently it was the law in Italy that you could market any movie you wanted as a sequel to an existing property in Italian law. Correct. Yep. Yes. That still exists today. Yeah. Yes, it does. So the, uh, and that's what I talked about earlier is that Argento, when he released the cut of Dawn of the Dead in 1978 in Italy, he called it zombie. Um, so Fulci was like, well, I guess if we're going to make a movie, we'll just call it zombie too. <laughs> and we'll release it, and people are going to be like, "Oh, this is a sequel." We love that Romero movie. It had nothing to do with Romero's movie, so I thought that was genius marketing on on Fulci's part to kind of market and make money off of this movie. Because if he just marketed it as just a zombie movie, I don't think it would have made as much money. How how but, I've never seen it. How does Argento's uh, cut of Dawn of the Dead play? Uh, it's it takes out a lot of the comedy bits. That Romero put in. Um, oh, so it's a better the, movie. The pie sequence. Right. Um, <laughs> well, people think it is. I mean, it's a little longer, uh, but he definitely cuts out the shopping in the mall. He cuts out a lot of the pie sequences. He includes a lot more goblin music. So he made it a much yeah. more darker film. So it comes in with about two hours and 34 minutes. Uh, Argento's cut, Jeez. but he cuts out a lot of Romero's comedy that he put in to break up the, the horror. What did he add? He added a lot of cuts that Romero took, which is a lot more of the violence with the zombies biting into the bikers at the end. Um, okay. Just a lot of things that Romero thought could be cut to make a shorter film. Romero, uh, Argento wanted to put back in because he thought that he could make a much more darker film than Romero released. Like he didn't want any comedy bits in this movie. He didn't want okay. any levity. In the movie whatsoever. I'm glad those, those are the things that I felt were the weakest in that film. So, Well, I mean, and a lot of people feel the same way. A lot of people love the Argento cut of Dawn. Um, and I think it's a strong version. But I like the fact that Romero put a little bit of the comedy in there just to kind of break up the darkness of this film. You know, you kind of have to add a little bit of comedy, a little bit of brevity. 
Yeah, but I, but I think that pretty much wraps up um, <clears throat> our film for the week. I think so, and I think next yeah. week it is your pick yeah. for Mother's Day. Uh, it Lucky, is so my have. pick. Well, I've been, I've been waiting for I've been no, I've been waiting for this for a long time because I've been waiting for a proper time to pick this movie because, like we said, next week is King's birthday, but it's also Mother's Day. All right, and I want to take my pick to celebrate the best mom there is, the best mom that all moms should aspire to be. And if you're going to be the best mom there is, you might as well be a serial mom. So, mm. yeah. So we're picking John Waters' serial mom from 1994, motherfuckers. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Kathleen Turner and John Waters. Jeez. Okay. And for, All those right. you don't ha- and for those of you who don't own it, I do have a link. Uh, it's a good way I have not watched. Link away. <laughs> it's a movie I have not watched since it got released. So I'm looking forward to revisiting what? Serial Mom. I yeah. I don't I even know if I've ever seen night. this one. Uh, well. Oh oh man. Oh okay. I'm just gonna say now you are all welcome. <laughs> well, yeah, well. Oh boy. Listen. We will see. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I I have not watched it since I rented it back in the nineties. Looking forward to visiting. Yeah. Um, I hope it stands up because I enjoyed it back then. Um, yeah. But wow. Okay, we'll see. I love John Waters, so anything John Waters does is really pretty cool to me. Um, so that's it for next week. Yeah. Mother's Day. Yeah. Serial Mom, courtesy of the man. Yay. Yep. All right. So <laughs> once again, Doc, thank you so much for joining us tonight on the show for Zombie. Appreciate all of your thoughts and all the horror news you bring to the table. Thank you. I'm, it is my pleasure to be here, and I will be looking forward to more fun adventures next week. Excellent. <laughs> all right, Monkey, go ahead and set yourself off. I'm your Mad Monkey saying thank you for listening to tonight's episode and letting me come in your ear. Um, Good night, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Let's sort of plug. Well, everybody, like they have all been saying, Mother's Day is around the corner. If you act now and get to Etsy, go to Bonfire Bee Designs, and you can get mom something that might let her let you come in her ear, um, if that's what you like to do. Good night. I don't know. All depends depends on what porn channels you watch. But realistically, people, yes. Go go to Bonfire Beat Designs and find something for your mom. Or do you have a birthday coming up? Hell, it's the 4th of July. There's always a reason for jewelry for your guy, your girl, your your kids, whoever it is, man. People like presents. People like shiny shit. So get some awesome shiny stuff for your person. Bonfire Beat Designs, all one word, at Etsy. You want to set up awesome. those fireworks, go to Etsy and buy some, and the fireworks will go off. In my bedroom. It's her stepmom. She's get, not going to care. Get the ghoul laid, man. Do you know how horny the ghoul girl gets when she sells shit, dude? Oh, my God. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Making it rain bang, up bang, in the pow, bedroom. Pow. <laughs> Getting some of that kung pow. All right, excellent. All right, so... Why don't you hit us with that famous catchphrase that you always do? Stay scared. 
<laughs> and until Sorry, next week, I'm I'm the, I, I, <laughs> yeah. Stay scared, <laughs> everybody. Stay scared. And stay tuned next week for a very special episode of Talking Terror, the Mother's Day edition, courtesy of the Mad Monkey with Serial Mom. As always, I'm your King of Horror, Andy G, saying, Hail Odorous, hail yourselves. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>